nobody really wants to put the work in. So would you say a fair word for everybody here is uh, the common folk romanticize what marriage is? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. They, they <laughs> fall in love with the ceremony, the wedding. And yeah, the that day, the whole planning and, and all of that stuff and don't really realize like the work happens after that day. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't getting married, it's staying married. Yep. It's well, a process. Yeah. Like, to, me, to me, marriage is just something that I decide to, to spend in, in myself in, in eternity. I want to spend the rest of my life with my significant other. So I want to experience things that I don't want to experience with anybody else. I want to go places and, and, and do things with this one person. And to me, that, that in itself, she, in my, I always look at this way. She gets in itself, she gets the ceremony, the wedding. I want everything else afterwards. I want to be able to be the one to make her the angriest and at the same time make her the happiest. So that I want the valleys, but I you know, I want I want everything. So that's what, what that's what marriage means to me. So so I'm I'm curious. So when so marriage is it is a journey and I agree, but when were you when did you know? How did you know like that this person is the one? How did you know out of everybody else that this person was the one? And how did you know you were ready to get married? I know I can speak for me. Um, I remember looking at uh, my then fiance or my girlfriend at the time. And, you know, we she was over my house chilling. It was about 12 o'clock at night. And I looked at her and I was like, and she we had a rule because, you know, she, my wife was a virgin before we got married. So I was just like, okay, let's. Let's keep this. Let's keep this cool. So at twelve o'clock, she would go home. The, that was just the rule. I don't care what we was doing. Like twelve o'clock, because you know ain't nothing open that late. But legs anyway. So, um, <laughs> so uh, we had a rule. She would go home at midnight. So I remember at midnight, and I looked at her, and because she had to go home, and I was like, "Yo, I want to be home. Like, I, I want you to come home to me. Like, I want to be." And out of out of everybody that I had ever been with, I never, ever, ever, I was that type of, you know, if we did do something, if we did have sex, then like, hey, don't touch me. Like, I'm good. Peace out. Like, let's go your separate ways. But for her, I didn't have sex with her. And I was like, I didn't want her to leave. And that was just my, that was just my, my experience, my story. How did you know? You and then I'm a couple that question afterwards. Do you have more sex married or unmarried? But I'll get to that. I'll get to that question. I want to know how did you know that your wife was the one, and what what and what did that process look like? Everybody don't. Know. I mean, for for me, for me, it was just the fact that coming from the lifestyle that I came from and being around the world that I was in, it was just she bought to be something that in a sense I couldn't attain. I couldn't get to, she was out of reach in the beginning for me. So becoming her friend and becoming, you know, getting to know her, I was like, wow, there's a lot to her that is really more than just the outside surface. She's beautiful to me, but now I'm getting to know this girl deeper than I've known any other girl before. So to me, it was more like, this is something different that I've never experienced. Let me figure this out. Let me let me take this a step further. Let me keep going with it. And then when I kept going with it, I saw, I saw her in a way that I've never seen any female before. And I was like, all right, if this is it, you know, that's when it clicked. I was like, all right, this this has got to be this has got to be the person that I'm supposed to be with. This has got to be the person I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with. So that's when I knew it was her, compared to everybody else, you know. Everybody else. How many everybody else was there? Oh, don't listen, listen. <laughs> This 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 boy was a bad boy when I was young, very bad. That's a disclaimer. <laughs> I'm interested. I, I'm interested, Ivan. How how did you know? How what was that journey like? Well, it's funny because I knew my wife in high school. Uh, we went to the same high school together, but we kind of went off. We never we never dated in high school. We were friends in high school kind of messed around a little bit in high school, but it wasn't over. There was no relationship there. So uh, I went off to college. She went off to college and, um, you know, she got married or whatever and got a divorce, whatever happened with that situation. Um, 
but man, I had done for me, I had done so much like early on. Like I had so many women, dude. It was like, yo, I got tired after a while. Like the game got tired for me. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like, dude, how how long can you do this? And you know, so I after a while I got tired, man. I did a lot of stuff at an early age that most people ain't did until their twenties and thirties that I did at, you know, 13, 14 and up. So by the time I got to my early 20s, I was tired of the partying. And you was out here smashing and partying at 13. Bruh, what? No. If, you, if you only knew. If if you only knew. No, ain't you a PK? <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, oh. We the worst ones. <laughs> <laughs> we the worst ones. So, yeah, man, like, that's what happened. And then, like, it just happened to be that, you know, the um, just happened to be right time, I think. You know, it was. I was tired and was ready to just chill out. And then, you know, like one thing I knew, I knew for sure, this chick done had my back for years. Even when we was friends, she always had my back. And it was like, man, you don't want to ride with nobody else. And I mean, 11 years of the game, bro, and she's still riding. So you can't, you don't find, when you find one, you got to keep her because everybody ain't like that. Brandon, what do you, how did you know? I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> like, I really hope this works out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I was married pretty young. I was 19. No, I was 20. We met when I was 19. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of, we, you know, we, we started dating and got serious and decided to get married but I definitely didn't have some like moment of knowing, you know, it was like the day of marriage and I kind of sat myself down and was like, is this like a good idea? I wonder. <laughs> like, this seems like a big step, right? And I, uh, I hope this, I hope this is a good idea. But at that point it was just like, you know, I'm not going to like back out on my wedding day. So, uh, yeah. I come from a different background. I was a PK, but I, I was a virgin before I got married, so I had no experience. Um, uh, so I definitely had more sex after being married than, than before. <laughs> <laughs> that's but default, yeah, I, man. That's default. Answer. That's great. I didn't have like college. I didn't have some. I, I didn't. I didn't know at all. I just, you know, really liked. I really liked her. You know, I think I loved her. But all those things are really hard to define. And, you think you loved her. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I have of words like that, man. <laughs> Definition of love. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> hmm. Um, man, I don't know. It's like I met my wife in such a very intriguing way. It's very New York-esque. Like, I'm from Hudson County, so, like, New York was just the thing. Like, um, I met my wife on a train, straight up. She was lost. And everything that had to happen. Distress. Bro, everything that you could imagine, like, it, it has to happen. Like, like I'll just in a quick elevator pitch of it is, I wasn't even supposed to be there. She went, she went to see Cat Williams and thought he was whack, and she left Brooklyn. Oh, man, y'all can't get on here and diss Cat Williams now. I'm not this. If it wasn't for him being drunk on stage, my, I never would have met my wife. So, so she left with her girl, and I was just like very much like Ivan. You know, I'm like, dude, I was like, there was nothing left to my eraser. There was nothing. I was worn down like on every level in regards to exposure, and I was on the train, and I and and the train stops on four, at 14th Street on the PATH train that brings you from Jersey, New York. And these doors opened up, and there was super hot woman right there. I'm like, oh dang! And then this other girl turned around, and I was like, like Space Jam, something took my soul. Like, you know what I mean? And I was like, who is this? And do that. I want to see that movie again so I can make a meme out of it. Please. (laughs) It's like, and then I remember looking at her, and and I just couldn't stop staring at her, and she's like is this the train to Hoboken? I'm like, you better hurry up. And she gets on a train and I spit as much game as I could. I had 9th Street, Christopher Street, and then Hoboken where she was getting off. I was just aiming. I couldn't stop, man. I was just like a vulture. 
And then she eventually gave me her number all because I'm an ordained minister. And she said, I got to go to church on uh, tomorrow. I'm like, we'll do church right now. I got a card. Oh, so you use Jesus. <laughs> hey, man. It happens. So we ended up hanging out. And, and that was all she wrote, man. And on our second date, we were supposed to hang out. And then I got a phone call from my charity saying there was a fire in Newark, New Jersey. And this family lost everything. I said, listen. I got to step in and help him. She said, no problem. Got in the car, drove around for hours, collecting clothes, kids, furniture. Wait, hold on. Was this the first day? Second day. Wow. Oh, you got to keep her. And, yeah. And then we just kept, she didn't care. She was like, you're doing the right thing. This is great. This is what I want. And then I kind of knew there, like, this is different. And then we just kind of never, we just kept going and going and going. And then, you know, it just kind of became something. And then I, I think like I've read recently from like Psych Central that most men, they average around six months when you like kind of feel like, you know, and I just felt it. I'm like, I'm not going to show her my hand. I ain't going to tell her. I said, when I graduate with my bachelor's degree, I'll propose to you until then we're playing house. And then it just kind of, I graduated and we got engaged and I was like, yo, Someone was like, you should just get married in this in October. I'm like, I'll get married this December. What's up? And then paid in cash, got it done. And next thing I know, there it is. It just was. And I don't regret it. But she definitely took me. Man. She had she to do it again. Do it again. I'm making it. <laughs> I'm making it. So it was so real. Oh, so what? Is the one what what is one thing that you believe that every man should know before they get married? The woman's not always right. You know, I, you know what? I'm a I'm a highlight on this because when I got married, they fed me this BS happy wife happy life type of mentality stuff, and they and I'd be like. Yo, like, and my wife, I, I love my wife. My wife, she's hardcore, though. She, she's hardcore. Um, she don't like when I call her a thug, so I'm not going to call her a thug. But you get what I'm saying. Um, so they, she would say, Rob, happy wife, happy life, happy wife, happy life. So I'm like, so essentially, I'm supposed to be a walking to cater to her entire life and everything she ever want. Like, and she's always right. No, that's crap. That's not right. So the first thing I want every man to know, that happy wife, happy life stuff is not true. It's not true. I that's 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 what I want. Like marriage is marriage is a is a two, I think for me, it's a it's a it's a two-way thing. Um and it's requires sacrifice on both parts. And before you get married to any woman, you have to I want you to check how she argues, see how she argues, see, see how she deals with her family. Oh my gosh. My actually, my wife is going to kill me for saying this, but prior to getting married, my mother-in-law actually was like, are you sure you want to marry my daughter? Uh, because uh, she's feisty. She's this, whatever. And I'm like, no, I'll bet uh, she's good. She's an angel. She doesn't know. Man. I remember the first argument. I was like, who are you? Like, so I would say, I would say, check, see how she handles conflict, because that matters. Go ahead. I'm, that's, that's, that's one thing I think. Um, I remember um, when I was dating my wife, um, one of the things I paid attention to was how her grandmother and her mother treated the men in the house or in the family. And I would go to her grandmother's house and literally she wouldn't let me pick up anything. Like she'd be like, she'd tell my wife, go in there and make him a plate, get him something to eat. Like it was like, you know, it was a, it was an act of service really. And my wife, she still does it to this day. She don't let me like make my plate. And that's not to say anything about what it says is about, you know, she loves to serve my wife. If, if friends come over to the house or whoever comes over to the house, she loves to serve. That's her thing. And so that's one of the things about me is that I, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's one of the things I loved about her. So I would say go around the family 
See what kind of mess is going on over there. You know, Ivan, you bring up an interesting point that backs up Marshall, and I'll say how they treat each other, yeah, and I think that it gives you insight to the trauma that you're going to have to deal with. And what I mean by that is if there's a, like, say there's a lot of turmoil and tension inside that home where, like, if your wife is escaping family to start one with you, that could become troublesome for you later. Right. So it definitely having those conversations of, like, I remember we sat down. I'm like, you like your family? Because I don't like mine. And she was, like, thrown back because she wasn't really used to something like that. I'm like, I don't even like mine. I love them. I don't like them. I didn't choose these people. You know what I'm saying? She was like, I didn't know you can really do that. I'm like, you don't gotta like your mom. I gotta like her. You gotta love her a little bit. And she, and it changed the perspective. I'm like, you're going to bring your problems into this relationship based on the trauma you've experienced. So we need to kind of hash this out now because I don't want my problems jeopardizing what we're trying to build. So we need to hash it out. So I think you're both dead on about how people treat each other, how they talk about her, how she talks about them. You know, some people, there's that codependency and then inside those families. And it's like, my mom's my best friend. I'm like, that ain't healthy. Your mom's going to die one day. We need to talk about this. I'm like, we got to figure us, us out. And I think that's a, some the, the, the kind of food for thought for whoever's out there. So what about you? I'm, I'm interested to hear what Jeremy has to say. And because Jeremy's a little bit quiet. He's his eyebrow guy. Yeah, he's, his eyebrows tell me. He's like, hmm, <laughs> I had the glasses on. I'll be pushing them in right now. <laughs> um, but I think I think both, in a sense, it's 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 right because, yeah, we go by the motto "happy wife, happy life." But at the end of the day, if you're not happy, what happiness are you bringing to the other person? So if you're constantly miserable, if you're constantly down, if you're seeking for that type of like satisfaction from that other person, you're going to be draining that person, and eventually, not only are you going to be miserable, but they're going to be miserable. And therefore, everything is going to be miserable around you. So mm -hmm. before you even step into it, you got to make sure that you are bringing yourself to a point where you are good with yourself. You're, you're, you can sustain yourself. Because obviously, the big, the, the big, big thing is obviously happiness in most relationships. It ain't just about sex. It ain't just about, oh, I love you. Because eventually, all that stuff falls away. It's about stability. Can you provide? Can you, can you keep her happy? Can you help her pay the bills? Can you help hold down the house? Can you help take care of the kids? Can you do all these things that, in a sense, you have to find happiness in? You have to say, look, this is what I wanted. This is what I wanted to get into. And if you ain't ready for that, if you're not ready to say, hey, look, it's not that my happiness has to take a bad seat. It's just that my happiness should be flowing down this road of, hey, I want to be happy with pleasing her. I want to be happy with taking care of my house. I want to be happy with raising my children. I want to be happy with the career I choose. Because all those things depend on like, it, it really like you, you are the man of the relationship. So you are in a sense, yes, you're the backbone. Yes, you're all that stuff. They'd say the man is the head, the woman is the hat and all that nonsense. But in reality, it, there, there's truth behind it. If you dictate where the relationship goes, you're the one that, that basically handles all that stuff. So if you're not happy, Chances are everybody else in the household is going to be miserable. They're like, I don't want to be around daddy right now, or I don't want to be with my husband right now because if he came home, he came home drunk, or he came home miserable, and now everybody in the house is miserable. So I agree that there has to be some sort of happiness that you need to bring to the table because it's a union. A union is two things coming together, becoming one. So are you saying as a man, you have to redefine your happiness or what makes you happy? You have to come into, I'm kind of saying like, you have to, you have to really know what makes you happy coming into the relationship. Like there are certain things that we do, like we have our own men, you know, we have our own things that, that we like and we enjoy. But when you're seeking after that other person, part of that happiness is being with that other person. But you, you have to, in a sense, work at that. You have to continue to grow in that. You have to continue to say, look, there are different levels to my love. There's different levels to my happiness. And I need to work on it. And if you're finding that in the relationship, even before you're married, that you're not happy when you're around that person, you're not like you're, you're more in servanthood than you are in love. Mm -hmm. There's a problem there. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, 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 you more like, like it doesn't bring you joy. Like, 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 like you were saying with your wife before that 
she felt like, yo, let's do this because it's just, it's the right thing to do. It's, it's the right thing to do. Let's go do this. She didn't do it necessarily out of obligation to serve you or to help you. She did it because she like in her heart, she knew like, yo, this is, this is what, this is what I need to do. And it brought her in a sense, it brought her some type of conviction, some type of happiness. And it made sense for her. You know what I mean? Just, that's the same thing with us. Like we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be seeking after females or any, you know, anybody just because it makes it like, like, I don't want to make it to where we wake up in the morning and be like, yo, all your dreams, all your desires, everything that you wanted to do in your life, put them to the side because it doesn't matter anymore. Everything you have to do now is to keep her happy, and to keep you, kids happy. I want to talk to you. I want to I, I want to delve into another uh, conversation. But what you said is powerful because when people who especially do like we especially in America, we kind of have I, I noticed most men play into the, um, you know, we get them the flowers, we get them the role, you know, we, we pay for the dates, we pay for, like, or mo in most, well, it's changing now, but traditionally, the man is normally the pursuer, the man is the one that normally, does, like, is the one that's paying for everything, and what I've noticed, and I, maybe, Brandon, you can speak to this a little bit, is that I, I tell people off bat, like, you dating a girl, or you dating a significant other, and you marrying that person, two different things. Totally two different things. If you're the only one pursuing or the only one doing in a marriage, like that gets old real quick. So what is that? How can you speak to that, Brent? Like, um, golly. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, I, when, I, when I look at my, my friends around me and they're – there's just like a couple of guys you know that you know and you're like you you're a really great boyfriend but you're like a husband <laughs> you know and those are like two entirely different skill sets i think you know um i myself am a terrible terrible boyfriend uh but i make an awesome husband i think um because i'm i you're not um I think it's like what you said, like the, the act of pursuing somebody and the act of like building a life with somebody is, is really different. Um, and, <laughs> and you got to learn how to be good at building, you know, instead of just pursuing. I know that they say, you know, you should always pursue your wife and be romantic and that sort of thing. But like when we were earlier about like what, how marriage isn't like the movies. What what I thought of was just like it's it's because of time. It's because a movie is an hour and a half long, and a marriage is a lifetime, or you know, twelve years in my case. And and it's just like that's a fucking long time to be with the same person and to like eat dinner with every single night or most nights. You know, <laughs> like like just like the amount of the amount of minutes that you, you go through with somebody is, but yeah, it's like, it's an, it's an entirely, it's an entirely different thing to do, you know, than dating somebody. So how do you guys process when y'all angry? How, how do y'all deal with that? Like, Ivan, how, how, like, how, how do y'all deal with when y'all, when y'all pissed off with each other? Like, how, how do you do that? Uh, no. <laughs> that's a, that is a uh, I believe that's one of the things that's really a work in progress um, yeah I've gotten better no lie <laughs> I've gotten a whole lot better um, but there are some things that I've learned that, that stick with me that I've I've learned, here's, here's the thing though, I've learned to make, I've learned to not, I've learned to pick my battles, number one, um, and two, um, I've learned that everything is not necessarily an argument, um, just because maybe we disagree. That sounds, that sounds real nice right now. No, seriously, <laughs> everything is not an argument, it really ain't, um, some stuff you just blow off because I mean it's 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 the I learned that some of the smallest things can turn into the a mountain for no reason. But when it comes to when I do get mad, 
Uh, I I probably leave the house for a little while. Yeah. Um, maybe go to Buffalo I'll Wild Wings or something. Kick it. What What'd you say, Brandon? I said I'm a passive aggressive little bitch. <laughs> I just go around. This is like, uh, I'm just ooh, fine. I'm fine. You know. Like, so, so that's funny. Oh my how to say like the hardest words for me to say is like, you hurt my feelings. Yeah, you know, like so. so yeah, there's such a because uh, it's funny because you like you're ta- you guys are like kind of indirectly tapping into like what I do every day. Because um, I work with people, couples, you know, I use my specialize in addiction, so I've seen this so much in my own life. We have a, a, a phrase in my house that allows it to be said, "I love you, but I don't like you right now." That kind of like sets the tone of like what you're doing is bothering me. Listen, that's sounds real pretty. I could see my wife. I'd be like, I love you, but I don't like you right now. My wife be like, I don't like you either, Nick. Bye. <laughs> it's, cool. it's cool. And I'll tell you, that's how it goes. But when it comes to, like. My wife be like, what? You don't like me? You don't like me? You liked me yesterday. You liked me last night. <laughs> and, and I'd be like, I was loving you last night. So so what, what I'm saying is, like, understanding, I think, really, to Ivan's point is, Love is, love is, oh, I'm sorry, Brandon said it, and then Ivan kind of accentuated it. Brandon's like, love, you know, is going to, it's not going to last forever. That's like that chase, that infatuation phase. And then Ivan's like, yo, I just dip out for a little while. That, if, you know, that's, that's a luxury that you have. Some of, like, I live in a two-bedroom apartment with four people. I got nowhere to go. I let me, let me leave this house. Let know? me, my wife, let, let me leave this. I think I live but, but but here's the thing though is that I think understanding your spouse helps too though right yes because yes. because for me I have been one with a temper for a very long time right so mm-hmm. as a kid I had a very bad temper oh uh, you were out here punching walls and stuff as a kid right or punching people or punching people right so um. I was the one. I was the one they called when they wanted. When my guys wanted to get into a fight, they called me and waited for me to get there. So I was that guy. But yeah. I can't so, even see that you're such a dude. such a chill. Yeah. Uh huh. Right. But still, like, there's some residue there, right? Like, it ain't all. It ain't all gone. So there's a little residue there. So my wife understanding me, you know, not the persona that I put on, not. Not the person that I can fake to be. She know me, the real me. She sleep with me every day. You know, she knows that, you know, I ain't now. I used to be gone for days, okay? Mm-hmm. There was a point in time I was gone for days. Now I may, you know, I may be gone for an hour or something. I may go ride around, jump in the car, you know, maybe even go to the gym. Like, the gym helps me a lot. So, you know, that helps me get off a lot of anger. But she know you got to know your spouse. Like, she know me. Like, don't just, <laughs> you might not want to push that button, I, I need to leave. leave. It's funny you said it. So my wife has this thing I'm noticing more and more over the years. She goes, maybe, you know, you want a, you want a boys' night? Like, hey, I want to get rid of you for a couple hours. It's like, okay. But well, I'm not biting the bait because I'm like, oh, what's up? Are you all right? And she's like, no, I just figured you need to go out. And but now you're trying to counselor. You're trying to psych her. Well, no, my wife is a psychiatric nurse. So it is like clinical back and forth. It's, it gets intense. But so – there's a method of communication because, you know, once you, no matter what, wherever you go or if you stay in it or whatever, there is always going to, there's generally like that recovery conversation. Once there's a rupture, there has to be a repair, right? And it's like, how do you come back into that conversation? So like the communication method that I teach and I use, it's like, it's called, unfortunately, ETF, right? But it, uh, it's data, thought, and feeling. So it's like, what was said, what do you think about it and how to make you feel? But like Brandon's like, I don't want to say you hurt my feelings. I'm the same way. But when I break it down, like you said something, this is what it thought. This is what I think about it. And that's how it made me feel for you to be able to like use brevity and streamline what you, what, what's going on with you. They respond with brevity. So you, all that crap arguing can kind of go to the wayside. And it, as an example, me and my wife were arguing. I was like, when you said that I didn't make dinner in time, it made me think you didn't appreciate me. That made me feel uh, unloved she was like i didn't well i don't want to make you feel unloved i'm like I, I don't think you want to but that's how you what happened and then she's like when you said you felt unloved it made me think that i wasn't doing something right and i feel really really sad about that i'm like 
okay, so we can we can come, we can, you know, we can try it now. Like, yeah, I'm glad for y'all that that may work in that moment. But for me and my house, that's because if we're so intense to a point, we just I've learned because I think for me, I'm I'm I was so used to people walking away from me and walking out of my life. I think the biggest fear in my marriage was that my wife was going to leave me or was going to go, go or was going to just not be enough. So my wife would be like, be the one, hey, give me some space. And I'll be the one like, no, let's talk about it. Hey, no, let's 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 talk about it. And my wife is like, Robert, back the hell up. Like, like back up, dude. Like, give me, give me some space. I'm, and I'm like, no, let, let's talk about it. Let's, let's talk about it. Come. And she'd be like, Rob, back up, back up. Leave me alone before I say something that I don't want to, that I, I don't mean. And so then I had to learn, okay, cool. Well, first of all, she ain't going nowhere. So, all right, cool. I give her, I give her that space. And so it's, it's transformed over the years. So I think the person that I marry is not the same person who she is today. And so in marriage, you know, evolution happens, but it's funny to hear what you're saying, Steve, y'all are, y'all are psyching each other back and forth with skill sets and my wife, or when we get so intense, even though we have these skill sets, they go out the window. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's flat out. It's it all depends what we're mad about. It's, uh, but, and I found out for us, you know, um, neither one of when my wife and I, we, when we argue, we're having disagreements, neither one of us listen or talk, talk to listen to the other. We're talking to kind of get our point across. So I found out after I give her a break, the best way that we resolve issues is through texting, actually. So because texting allows us to get what we want to say and read it, and we have we have this. We just have this internal thing where we have to have read receipts, so that just specifically when we mad, I know that you, I know that you read Betty. <laughs> it is Betty, and I know my wife sometimes. You read it at seven forty-two. Right, she she be holding it down. Dots, where, dots, exactly. Dots. She, I, so I know sometimes she holds it down where she sees it, but it's not red yet, but it pops up in a little screen. But we have read receipts, so. I know you you got my message, and I'm waiting on your response. But anyway, I, uh, Jeremy, you quiet, dude. What what? How do y'all? What what is anger? What is anger? How do you process? Uh, there's, I mean, over the over the 13 years we've been together, um, it's 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 been fun to say mm. the least. It's been fun. I mean, it's got to the point where, I mean, it, I mean, I was I was a crazy dude back in the day, so I I either dealt with it. Like physically, never, obviously never would hurt. But if I had issues with people, it was I would I would try to hurt you physically. If I could hurt you physically, emotionally, financially, I'd do anything I could to get at you. So I knew that that had to eventually change in me if I had to get with somebody because that's just not healthy for a person like me to be with somebody that's trying to be with me. But um, when I met my wife, she was a firecracker. She still is a firecracker. But um, what what we do is uh, when we get into those things, I'm the quiet one. I'm the quiet storm. I'm like, yo, I don't want to say nothing. I just want to go. I want to go to my spot. Now, I don't get out the house. I go to the bathroom or I hide upstairs in the closet or something. That's that's where I go. But um, she's the type that's like, no, we need to talk about it right now. We need to fix this right now. And I'm, I'm quiet. I take time to process because I, I know my history. And sometimes I do say stuff that's just foul and wrong. You know, and, and over the years, I have said things to her that hurt her. But, um, like, in, in the moments where we get heated, we get heated, heated, I have to just calm it down and just sometimes what we got to do is admit defeat in certain areas. Know the, know the, know the battles we got to pick. Because most of the times, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, with my experience, most of the fights that we get into, even to this day, it's just like, yo, why didn't you, why didn't you fold the laundry? Why didn't you clean this? You were home all day. Why didn't you do this? And we like, well, I was home all day, I forgot. Or I was home, I was doing something else. But in that moment, because we have pride, we're like, you know what? You ain't going to tell me what to do. You ain't my mama. But <laughs> Ooh, my we get to the same thing. My wife be like, you ain't my daddy. Exactly. We, we get I ain't trying to be your daddy. Like don't, tell, like, don't tell me what to do. And, you know, that's when it's like, well, well I'm going to try to one-up you and I'm going to try to one-up you. And, and you got to be careful because sometimes when we get to those points, it gets like because we don't want to apologize or because we don't want to swallow our pride, we hurt them even more. 
and they so, hurt us even more. The, so just so you know what that's called, so you have an idea when next time it comes, it's called attacking from a victim stance. Yep. So it's almost like even when you're even when you're wrong, you mm-hmm. still come out defensive. Yeah. Like what Robert said, I'm not listening anymore. You're talking about pride, ego, like grandiosity. Like you ain't gonna talk to me like that. Yep. And then you attack for as if you were victimized, although you just didn't do what you said you were gonna do. Exactly. And 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 it's you know, bro, first off, proud for you to even admit that all of us are coming super clean with our stuff, which is amazing, which is rare. Yeah. Two, there are so many fixes to all these little issues. And it literally starts by just having a conversation like this going like, yo, I didn't even think of it like that. Or like, I guess I do the same thing. Yeah. And then, and then, and always like that resolution, like, you know, like I, how I, Ivan leaves, right. He said he used to dip out for days. Now he dips out for an hour or two. He hits the B dubs or the gym, you know, and then it's like, everyone has their own way of doing it. And I think the healthiest way is having a way. And when you don't have a way, that's turmoil, right? That's that resentment build. And everybody here seems to have a way to handle it. So I think the so you have to have a way to process uh, through through that. And I, I want to segue because we're we're not going to be on here. This you guys are amazing. I want to talk about sex. I want to talk about uh, what what did sex look like? Pre- well, Brandon, we know you were a virgin before. You were married, so so he's, he's eliminated. So we know there was we know that there was a lot of lotion, um, but now that you're now that you're married, waiting before marriage is that what you're talking about? What you say? I didn't hear you. I made a masturbation joke. What'd you say? That's always fun. <laughs> I talk about how I. Met. It's <laughs> probably more hands-on before he got married. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, so what? So has for, for, so what? So most guys think that, but when you get married, like, set you just in it all the time. You just you just smashing morning, night. Like just afternoon work. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm holding back too, dude. I'm like, <laughs> I will say, what kind of movie we, they watching? I, I will say, when I first got married, like we, it was we were like rabbits. Like, well, it was brand new to her too, though, right? And you've been waiting. You over here playing the waiting game. That's patience. That oh, makes dude. sense. I, like when we first got married, it was just, we, we were everywhere. Like it, it didn't even matter. Like you, she looked at me a certain way. It was like, okay, show us the look, Rob. Show us that look. <laughs> I don't know if you want to see that look. I, 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 I don't know. Not, you ain't gonna get me pregnant. I'm just asking. You know what? You've been pregnant every year, bro. I'm potent, bro. But no, nah, Robert. So- every single time, brother. What'd you say? I said condom every single time. Well, brother. I don't even know what a condom looks like. I don't know what condom looks like. I don't know what pullout game is. When I got married, all of that went out of the window. I I don't know. I don't know. Pregnant? I'm like really? He's like, yeah. We had a bunch of sex in Costa Rica, and then we got pregnant. I was like, yeah, that's how that works, man. <laughs> It's funny because people ask me, how do you have two kids? I'm like, I had sex twice. Yeah. My guy has decided to work. That's what happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what happens. But you know what? Like, I got to say a disclaimer. Like, my first first was like a – my second one was like a – like, planned ovulation, moon cycles, tarot readings. I don't care what it was. It was like, this is going to happen. It was like, we're going to set this up for success. But nah, it's different. Do none of that. It was just good times. You hitting it off the team, Rob. Of course, you were good. So, Jeremy, what? So, what? What does this look like for you? What? What? What does sex look like? What is? How does it evolve? What is? What is normal? What? 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 I mean, what? it depends because normal is different for everybody. But yeah. I'll be a hundred. Like it's it's something that you got to work at. Like if you want it. You know, you, you gotta you gotta say, Hey, how you doing? You know, you don't just say, Hey, it's seven thirty at night, the kids are asleep, let's go. 
it's an all night. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to put work in. But for me, coming from what I was doing back in the day before I was married, like, you know, it was like, it was almost like an everyday thing for you when, when you're that young and you, you out there and playing the field and all that stuff, that's, it's just, that's normal. But when you get married in the beginning, the first couple of years, all day, every single day, cause it's like, yo, let's go. But, you know, as, as responsibilities take care, you know, kids come in, careers come in, all that stuff comes in. If you still want that and which guys do, we, we want it all the time. We going to want it till we like 80, 90 years old. I mean, for God's sakes, you got old dudes take, I mean, taking Viagra and all that other stuff. And they, they got that there for a reason because we want it all the time. But if we want it, I got to put in work. I got to say, yo, I mean, let me, you know, let me give you your touches. Let me, let me touch you at least seven, eight times. Let me tell you you're beautiful throughout the day. Let me, let me, let me do things that I know because on my list, it's number one or two. I know on your list, it's probably like seven or eight. But if I want it, I got to put in work. So days investing. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Like to me, it's not it's not something that happens. Like be honest, sex ain't happening every day. It can't. You know I'm saying when you marry for a certain long for a certain period, it just it just doesn't happen with frequency because of the fact that you guys are growing up, you got lives, and 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 the women when they hit certain age, they don't want it as much as we do anyways. They want they want the other stuff. They want the affection. They want the talking. They want you know they want to just they want to cuddle. You know they want to do all that stuff and. And we want to cuddle only lasts for like two minutes at my yeah, house. You get, you get hot and then you got to roll over. And then, you know, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> my, my arm now. <laughs> Yo, can I get, you know, I'm, I'm the heater though. So she's like, okay, we're good. Just go that way. <laughs> so Ivan, Ivan, what does this look like for you? What does this look like for you? What is it? Um, man. It's. Here's the crazy thing about me is that I can't, when I came into it, like my wife already had two kids. So kids were already in the house. (laughs) So there was no period where there weren't other people in the house or other obligations. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the longer you in it, especially when you got kids and you got out, you know, all the other things that start factoring in. Like when you're young, you ain't got no kids, you know, you just starting out. It's a whole lot. It's a, Hey, every day, you know what I'm saying? But now, I listen, it's, I would say, and to me, this sounds good, probably like two or three times a week. That's probably good. I don't know how everybody else is, but, you know, <laughs> and then, but, hey, but then sometimes it ain't, it might not be then, you know what I'm saying? So you got your, you got well, your up months. <laughs> <laughs> we back to stocks. We're back to stocks. Yeah, you know, we up, we up and down, you know what I'm saying? So I, I'm going to say we pretty young. So there's somebody on the chat. His name is uh, Michael Thurston. He's a, He's been married for a little bit. And he made this comment. He said, the older you get, the better it gets. And she, he said the sex drives will alternate. She yep. will eventually want it more than you. Menopause, yeah. No, menopause. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward toward the day. Yeah, yeah, and then you're gonna be like, "Oh, I'm tired. Don't worry about it today." Man, you're a one hot flash away, my dude. Right, big argument. It it might get better when you get older, but it gets shorter too. (laughs) Ooh, ooh, oh god! Hour turned that hour turned to ten, fifteen minutes. (laughs) One thing that keeps coming to mind, and it's like what Robert was saying, is like he was talking about his wife how she would leave at midnight when you. That when you're dating, that in, in inevitable separation time, it's almost like okay, let's just let's just get it in real quick. Let's just let's do it. Now it's like I I'm mad at you. No, you ain't no. And it's Jay's like yeah, they had it. And it's kind of like I feel that that's an that's an intangible thing to think about. Of like the the feelings different because you you're you're with this person. You're actually melting when it's not good. Like Ivan said, ups and down months. Sometimes you got some bad months. It's just like we can't get through to each other. You function as partners, but as a, as a married couple, it's like we have been intimate. Like you told me that I should go to hell, so I don't really didn't think you wanted me to hit on you. Like, it, it, I, you know, we're not mind readers, and that's the communication piece. Like I can put my pettiness aside and be like, you want to do it or no? All right, no doubt. You know, I can handle a no. I can take a hard no. But like Jay's like, yo, I still want it. 
So, what, Brandon, what do you, what do you think? Well, are you you quiet, man. Um, it's really weird. I have, me and my wife talked about this for like two hours last night. Um, and I, I she wouldn't feel comfortable with me like sharing right. you know, everything. Like, I've always <laughs> as a I've always thought of it as like um, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. Steve, you're probably going to know a lot about, more about that than I was. But, like, I'm like, the more – if she has a good experience every time we do this, then it's going to reinforce, you, you know? <laughs> I don't want to, like, reinforce the fact that this is a good thing. Um, I don't – like, what's – what? And, but that was more just, like, how do I get more sex, you know? I mean, I'm 32, my wife's 31, so we're not in our 20s anymore. We have five kids. You know, we have a baby in our room still in the crib, so we're we're right there in it. But I will be honest and say I'm having better sex now than I did when I was 22. Mm. Do you feel that your sex is more uh, intimate? Like, it's like you, your souls have sex, not so much as your physical beings as much because you're older. No. <laughs> uh, no. Or like... It's more like, um, I think there's this lie that the culture we live in, especially Christian cultures, where women aren't allowed to be, um, like, sexual people, for the Rigid. most part. Like, this, there's this thing, like, the dichotomy between the whore and virgin, and, like, you're, you're, you know, a woman is either sort of labeled or classified as a whore or a virgin, and she can't really occupy both spaces. In, in our culture, you know, if you look at our movies and that sort of thing, oh, she's a bad girl, or oh, she's a good girl. And, like, the truth is, like, that should, my, my, my wife is a mother of five, you know, like, and she, she owns that. She's a stay-at-home mom. She's, uh, you know, that's what, she's out there playing with my kids right now. But, like, she can also be, like, this, sexual person with sexual needs you know so what we what we've the journey we've been on lately is like hey it's not it's not the whore and the virgin it's not like you're satisfying my needs it's like you are a sexual human being with who wants to orgasm who wants to feel good who wants to try things who, who has needs just like me and it's, and and like leaving room and opening up like dialogue for her to express that part of her to make it make it safe first of all by not like <laughs> i find the more i'm just like the more she's like hey don't want that energy you can not you know at least keep that away from me so it sounds you didn't shame her it sounds like it sounds like you were super supportive yeah yeah like i, I mean god yes the more yeah like oh we want to like <laughs> let's uh let's let's be as supportive as i possibly can and and that sounds selfish but it's also just it's not even just her it's also her as like a woman after having five kids i just got a vasectomy which is part of it um so we don't have to worry about condoms or babies anymore because we have five yeah um, so it's kind of just like who are me who are you as a woman? And like, who are you as like, as a sexual woman? What does that mean in bed? What does that mean like in our life? But what does that mean in bed? And just like allowing that to, to happen, I guess, and being supportive of that has been like the best thing for our sex life. Definitely. That's my wife, my wife also had sexual partners before we were married, you know? Um, so I came into it as the virgin and she came into it with a couple of boyfriends. And so we've also been talking about like, Hey, like, I know, like, we're Christian. Well, we were Christian. <laughs> we were Christians. I haven't been to church in a long time. But when I was when I was twenty, you know, we were hardcore evangelicals, and uh, the whole narrative is like, oh, you know, like you you just you erase your past, you know, and like God restore her innocence, and and it's just like, and lately it's been like, you know, like. God, like you were a teenager having sex, like you don't have to feel shame about that, and like you don't have to like lock that part of your experience up. It's okay that you had sex when you were a teen. I wasn't married to you back then, you know, so you weren't cheating on me. And uh, 
and we don't we don't have to like bury that part of her like her story in shame because yeah, there's actually definitely, a lot of you're definitely kind of touching on like the so well spoken brandon you're touching on shame culture and a lot of like even like our conversation about marriage is shame culture our, our conversation about sex is shame culture you know our conversation about like getting angry is shame culture and the fact that you there's men on men women whatever it is your love on your love is a huge dynamic of shame culture and you trying to find acceptance in that right that's why you got married to this person so i think brandon i loved how you talked about how he spoke to the evolution of the sexual experience not only as a man but also as for his wife so sex does change like you know, back in the, you know, when you first got married or, you know, you could just, you know, you know, and even sometimes you got quickies, you know, you have those moments where you're like, okay, hey, come on, girl, let's make it happen. And, and you go about your business. But then I noticed, you know, from, I noticed, what'd you say? They almost burned down the house the other day. I forgot that I had food on the stove and we just threw it and I got a knock on the door. Daddy, it's really smoky. I was like, oh, shit. Get a towel. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> they, talk about, they talk about the evolution <laughs> of, of, of relationship. Brandon about the bird house now. How to get him. <laughs> And listen, in those moments, nothing else. I never thought I'd be in those moments with kids, door locked. Yo, let it burn. <laughs> let it let it burn. Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> y'all laughing because y'all all been there. Y'all all been there. Daddy, what y'all doing? <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. But you talked about the evolution of, of, of sex, the evolution of your needs and expressing your needs and your desires. And I've noticed even too with my, and my wife, with my wife, uh, with my wife that for instance, you, and I, I forgot which one of y'all hit, hit, I don't know if it was Steve or if it, if it was uh, Jeremy, you know, when you're, when you first get married or when you're single, you know, because you don't have, because you don't have, most people don't have normal partners. Um, whenever you get it, it's like, turn on, let's go, let's do it. And, and you, it's more performance-based. Um, it's performance-based. Um, but I've noticed the evolution of our sexual relationship or my sexual relationship with my wife is, nah, she, and she would tell, she'll tell me. Hey, I don't. Hey, wait, slow down. I don't. I don't want no like. If you're gonna quickie me, like, or if you're gonna like try to be quick with it, like, I don't want it. Like, I don't want no quickie. And she's even that. And that's been the evolution of my wife. My wife is like, nah, I don't want that, fam. Like, take your time. And I've realized that sex is definitely more, even more enjoyable for both of us when you slow that mug down. And you're not just, you know, twist here, touch here, stick in, let's go and be done. But when you take your time and, or at least, and I'll speak to my experience, when you take your time and you appreciate their body and you appreciate um, just all of who they are in those moments and you really, really create an environment, a moment for them to fully express their sexual, you know, um, desires, needs, and really be free, it's amazing. You just defined the perfect marriage. Like, like if you just remove sex and put life, and you know what I'm saying? Like, you literally just define marriage as we all spoke it to be. I need to write a book. Well, you know, you have some co-writers. Right, exactly. You know, but what you're saying is the beauty in it. But if you get caught up in that selfish being, right, you're going to want it for you. Like, if you don't make sure she is satisfied, then who's satisfied? Because that is where a happy wife will be a happier life. 
know what I'm saying? An unhappy equates to divorcee, right? So both people have to be getting some so sort of satisfaction. So it's not about you just getting that? And no. you enjoying it? No. It's, I look at it as an investment. Because I can get mine, you know, no different than Brandon got his back in the day. It's the same. It's the same methodology. Like it, it's just what it is. Like for me to sit there and be like, "Yo, this is about me," then it's gonna feel it's about me, and then she's gonna give you the the Robert Marshall, and just be like, "Yeah, this, I'm done." And there's nothing worse than you being like, "But I'm not. I'm not. I, I I'm I'm sorry. I'll try." And now I'm texting, hoping I get read receipts in the room. Please come back. I'm sorry. <laughs> Now, and I think my wife has become more vocal in our approach to this is what I want. This is what she wants. And before that was never the case. And, it, and, I, and for me, it speaks to the evolution of her maturity and, and just and being able to express. And, you know, with men, you give and this is how I thrive. You give me a goal. You give me an expectation like I'm going to meet that expectation. So regardless of how long it takes or how, you know, like, you good? Hey, you, you should, I'm going to make sure, matter of fact, we're going to get you out the way first. And then, then we'll, we'll you know, then, then we can focus on me. But anyway, Jeremy, um, you know what, guys, it's, it's 930, but um, I'm, I want to say thank you so much. There were so many um, questions that I, I still had. Um, Round two. Yeah. So any last thing before we go, I want to say thank you to everybody that um that tuned in on the uh, Made Man group, Made Man group. You guys have been amazing. Um is there anything that you want to leave uh the people with? Anything you want to say about marriage and what you think men need to know um before they get married or even while they are married? That may help him. Go ahead, Brandon. We can go, Brandon. You first. Um, you're not the head of the household. That's bullshit, and it will kill your marriage. Misogynism. Let it go. You, yeah. Your wife is a brilliant, amazing genius, and if you come to the marriage thinking that some, for some reason, you're in charge, then you don't get to experience her as an amazing genius and you need her as an amazing genius just like she needs you as an amazing genius so don't don't kill don't kill it that way that's my advice <laughs> <laughs> jeremy what did you got to say bro um i got to kind of been saying it become ready like this ain't this ain't something you just try on and if it don't fit you give it you give it up this is something that if you ain't ready as a man to say, look, I'm ready to to give you all of me, like all the darkness, all the everything. I want you to see every part of me and know who I am. If you ain't ready to be vulnerable with this person, if you ain't ready to to um, to just experience life in a different a different way, then don't do it. Be ready because to me, it's just a commitment. It's a it's a sacrifice. It's a journey that that I wouldn't you know what I'm saying I wouldn't say everybody's used to doing. I mean, you see, you see the, the 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 divorce rates. You see what's going on now. It's everywhere. Over half the people get get divorced because they get into the relationship not knowing or not realizing. Oh, this is what exactly is. Or this per I didn't really know this person. And and I feel like the reason why they don't know these people is because sometimes they don't know themselves. They got to know who you got to know who you are. You got to know what you bring into the table. You got to know yourself, and you got to know. You got to, I'm telling you, it's just like, know who you are, because once you figure that out, everything's attainable. Any type of relationship that you're looking for, career you're looking for, anything. As a man, know who you are, know what you can bring to the table, because you can't, you can't have somebody taking care of you. Don't marry your mama. Okay? Mm. Don't marry your mama. Don't do it, because you're going to be miserable. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not that. You're marrying, like he said, you are marrying the person that you supposed to be with the person like you know I remember listening to a song back in the day um this dude Neo said it in his in the in the in the, in the course it's, I'm a movement uh, I'm a force by myself oh no I, I'm a movement by myself but we're a force when we're together I'm good all by myself but you make me better 
So I'm good. You make me better. You make exactly. me the song, better. Yeah. The song itself was a beautiful song because it talked about that. It talked about how the fact that, listen, I'm not looking for somebody who I can take care of and protect and all that stuff. I'm looking for somebody that is going to, is going to go with me stride for stride everywhere I go. And, and when you find that person that is your equal, you're equal. Because God didn't, God pulled it from the side. I mean, I know I'm going to get biblical, but he pulled it from the side, not for you to be above or her for her to be above you. It's for you guys to be on an equal plane to say, hey, look, where you go, I'm going. Where you want to go, I'm going to follow you to, together. So, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of stuff in there, but write that down and ship it out. Do what you got to do. It. Go ahead, Steve. All right, man, closing remarks. Um, if you wouldn't marry yourself, don't get married yet. That's one. Um, two, find someone who's going to support you when you're climbing and pulls you up when you're falling. Mm. Um, and the last thing I'll say is if you feel that you're not getting the intensity, like you're getting bored and you, when you start to seek intensity, whether it be through text or Facebook, whatever, to, once you're seeking intensity, you have to start channeling, looking inside yourself. And, um, that, that's, I think, the, the biggest thing is you're going to lose interest, and that's where that love kind of starts to dissipate. And then you go, like, all right, I still like you. Why did I used to love you? And then you can find the intangibles that we're missing, and that's the foundation. The bricks in this wall are going to be whatever you decided them to be. Like, I'm not talking vows. Your vows are generally, like, written off of Google for the most part <laughs> from what I've seen from doing weddings. So... Those are the three things I have to say. I'll just repeat them real quick. It's going to be make sure you would, you would marry yourself. Make sure that you actually find someone who will support you who, when you're climbing and will pull you up when you're falling. And three is going to be make sure that you're able to give yourself, uh, you can, you're, you're finding the right amount of intensity within the relationship. That's love. Ivan, close it out. <laughs> like you just closed it but um what i w what i would say is um don't believe a lie <laughs> <laughs> so raw i love it and listen when i say that I, I mean this by this um there's this saying that whatever you did to get her is the same thing you'll have to do to keep her that's a lie you know why because the same woman that you went and got when you first started, she ain't the same woman now. So what she needed then, she won't need now. What she may have needed at 20, she don't need at 25. And what she needed at 25, she shown up don't need at 30. So you better make sure you're in communication, that you have a clear understanding of who the woman is that you're dealing with in the moment that you're dealing with her. She may have liked lilies on one day and you bring lilies home and she don't like it no more. She said, you five years behind the game. Jack, make sure you stay on top of the game. That woman is always evolving. She always moving. Like I said, the stuff that she used to like, she may not like anymore. And you have to be on top of that. She may not like it from the back no more. You gotta flip it over. Yeah. <laughs> I want to want to throw this real quick on top of that, real quick. If I can throw it in, she wants that thing different, Jack. If, if, to what Ivan said, and I preach this to people when I'm in the florist shop. You buy them when you see them, not when you need them. So if exactly. you never buy flowers when you need them because they don't count. Buy them when you see them. So that means that that, that you it's investing. It's kind of back go back to the J the investment. Buy them when you see them, not when you need them. You'll be a little bit better off. I think what I want, what I, what I think the piece that I want to leave is that I want to piggyback off of um, what Jeremy said and kind of what the rest of you guys said. I say this all the time that marriage is like a garden. And in a garden, if you do not intentionally tend to it, all types of stuff will grow in your garden. Weeds will grow in your garden. And weeds look amazing. Some weeds look pretty. But underneath the surface, they are on assignment to kill the real flowers, the real beauty uh, of your garden. And so in order for your garden to be beautiful, 
You have to have the right tools in order to make that thing work. You got to have the right tools. So this is the time that you work on getting the tools when you're not married. Start working on you. Start working on knowing you, understanding you, understanding your shortcomings, your faults, your strengths, your weaknesses. Start getting, I'm not all for, you know, getting, you know, I'm not saying you have to have a certain amount of money in the bank account, but even with money, so start start working, building your portfolio now. Start dealing with your emotional baggage now. Start looking and processing all that stuff so that when you come to the table, you're a little bit more prepared to take on or to, uh, to take on um, life and do life with somebody else. So I think that's it. I want to say thank you guys so much uh, for tonight. It, this, this was one for the books. I, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one. We're going to definitely do the next one. All right. So thank you guys. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Jeremy, Steve, Ivan. Um, guys, I want you to do a favor. Do me a favor. All of these dudes, they have amazing stuff going on their own social media worlds. Um, uh, so check them out. Uh, Brandon Brooks, uh, Jeremy Rivera, Steve has his own business. Steve has a business. Um, Brandon over helps oversee a business. Uh, and Ivan has like they got so many businesses I can't even keep up with. So just look on their social media stuff. Um, uh, they have a marriage retreat coming up. Um, Steve, uh, not Steve, but uh, Ivan has a marriage retreat coming up. Check him out. Um, if you need some counseling, some help, reach out to Steven. He's amazing. Um, Brandon and Jeremy, they're good dudes. They're, doing, they're going to be honest and make you laugh. All right. So I love you guys. Thank you so much. Peace out. Bye.